Okay, okay. We got a big episode today. Randall Park is the lead of ABC's Fresh Off the Boat. He's also the co-writer and co-lead of the hit Netflix rom-com Always Be My Maybe, and literally hundreds of more things. He's in the MCU and DC universes. He received death threats for playing Kim Jong-un in the interview. He was on Veep, The Office, and even an episode of Rap Battle with James Vanderbeek. I was lucky enough to sit down with Randall in his guest house to talk about all that work, the craft that got him there, and my most favorite, the day-to-day practices and rituals that keep him happy, kind, grounded, and grateful. Well, enough from me about it. Let's get to Randall. Lock it up. Very quiet and still. Ready. Scene one, take three, A mark. Here we go, Randall Park. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. Thank you for having me. In your house. <laughs> In your guest house. Um, yeah. Saving Charlie Chaplin, When Harry Met Sally, are these important to you? Uh, those are both um, posters from these live reads that I've taken, that I've been a part of. The first, uh, Saving Charlie Chaplin was one that the Blacklist put on. So that was a script from the Blacklist, and they asked me to... To, to take part in the read in one of the roles and then When Harry Met Sally is one that I directed and, and uh, for Film Independent and I chose that script and, and casted that script with uh, uh, a bunch of uh, friends. That's a favorite of yours, right? Oh yeah. Part yeah. of how we have always been my maybe. Right? Yes, yes, for sure. And who did you cast in When Harry Met Sally? Uh, I casted Stephen Yoon and uh, uh, Maya Erskine and uh, Jimmy O. Yang, Lisa Lapira, and my wife, Jay Sue Park, and, um, and myself, and uh, Elvis Mitchell, uh, who runs the series, or at least ran the series. This was actually his final uh, one, um, but he, he narrated, and it was great. It was like just this magical night, yeah. So I have to tell you, one of my favorite things that I did not expect planning to do this podcast is what happens when I type in someone's name into YouTube. Yeah. I do all the research and I'm looking at IMDb and that's what, and I expect that and I have my own relationship to you and yeah. your work. But I did not expect that the first thing I'd find was you in a rap battle against James Vanderbilt. Oh, yeah, yeah. That blew my mind. Can you tell me about Drop the Mic and that um, That was, uh, so my friend Jensen Karp uh, produces that show. And he just reached out to me and asked me if I wanted to to do it. And I kind of didn't want to do it, but because I love Jensen so much, I was like, yeah, I'll do it. And uh, it's basically this like comedy rap battle show that came from a, a segment that uh, that's a recurring segment in the James Corden late night show. Yeah. And they turned it into its own TV show. Do and, you get uh, writers? Are you coming up with it on the spot? Uh, yeah. You know, they have writers there. And but because I have kind of a background in that, I used to be in this band like way back in the day. Uh, I kind of brought in a lot of my own stuff. And what I did is when I got there, I kind of looked at the stuff they had and I took the stuff I had and I kind of just took the best parts of both. Okay, you made yeah. it better. Yeah. Uh, was it like a dream to get to kind of throw down with Dawson Leary? <laughs> Is no. that history for you? No, it wasn't. It was, uh, I felt bad because I love that guy, you know, and he's, and he was the sweetest guy and uh, we had a lot of fun. But, uh, but yeah, part of me was like, I don't know. It's kind of 
I, I don't know. It felt like a little bit mean. I mean, going both ways, you know. So that's what made me feel okay about it because we were just both going at each other. But a uh, part of me also is like, yeah, I don't know. I have trouble with mean. In fact, one of my worst memories of my life was I had just got out of a breakup and a friend thought, I'll bring him to something fun. And they yeah. brought me to the roast of David Hasselhoff. Oh, yeah. I was miserable. I got drunk very quick. Yeah, the yeah. The whole lineup was all, it was uh, Lisa Lampanelli and it was Paula oh, yeah, Anderson yeah, and yeah. it was Jerry Springer. And it's so different if you roast yeah. someone who's successful and happy. Yeah, yeah. Like, give yeah. me the Seth MacFarlane roast, yeah, please. But yeah. this was a whole bunch of like, you're an alcoholic, yeah. eat a cheeseburger, Pamela Anderson, you of hepatitis and it's like right. this feels just cruel and it yeah i mean you know i i don't know i think well there certainly is a um an audience for it and some people love it and uh there might have been some times in my life where i when i loved it would would have loved it more but uh yeah i'm just i don't know i'm i'm just kind of uh grown past that i think i just i'm just into kind of positivity at this point fair enough so yeah. i want to ask you about live tv yeah that's a whole area that feels very surreal to me and if i did it i think i'd be watching myself a lot so i watched you on the daily show oh, the how daily is, show recently yeah how is yeah it to do the daily show tell people what it's like to actually get booked on that and um, um well how you come up with your segments or whatnot well usually uh it depends on the show you know there's different things there's 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 oftentimes a pre-interview uh, where you know they'll interview uh, the producer of the segment will interview you and you you kind of go over things you want to talk about but I don't think there was one for the daily show I think uh or I think it might have happened like right before I went out you know uh, um but I kind of like that better because I wasn't in my head too much I was just kind of oh, I'm just gonna go with the flow and so there's no happens. crafting bits and deciding what you're gonna do not here for that versus not for Jim that Fallon. one not for that one but then for like uh, other shows there is you know the, uh, like for the the late night traditional late night talk shows there there is a, a pre-interview and uh, and you know you can you can suggest bits and suggest kind of stories that you want to tell and and uh they kind of set you up for that and 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 uh some of you know some interviewers are a little more loose with it and others are just kind of let's just go through all the beats you know and uh you could bring photo you know provide photos for them to kind of show during your storytelling and and if you know it becomes kind of clear that these were were pre-planned but uh but I, I like both, you know, I like, I actually don't like doing talk shows at all, the but I, of it? yeah, I mean, it's just not what, what I, I'm not just naturally not good at that stuff. But I did tell myself a few years ago, like, well, this is the level I want to be at. So I have to embrace this and take it as a challenge and try to get better at it. And, and, uh, do you feel and, like you prepared actively in some way or was it more, I've got to just psych myself up. I've got to do whatever the preparation feels uh, both, right. Go. Both, you know, I, I literally kept a keep a folder in my computer of just stories that I could tell from my life and from, ex- you know, experience, different experiences. So I love it. Yeah. Like I literally have a, f- uh, an ongoing folder in K, but not, not just for talk shows, but just for anything. Like if I write a book one day or if I, you know, or want ideas for a script that I'm right, you know, I, I keep if a folder of, of kind of anecdotes from my life. Do you have a regular writing practice for that? Or is it inspiration hits? That's, that's more inspiration hits, but I do have a, like a, writing practice that I've I think I've talked about with John before but 
my I have a daily writing practice where at the end of every day I just write what I'm thankful for that day um, uh, every day uh, um, and that's my like kind of daily writing thing do you feel like that's had a fundamental kind of impact for you for sure I tell people that like whenever I can I mean it definitely changed so if people are listening to this and they actually want some advice from Randall Park yeah one piece would be write your gratitudes every day yeah yeah I mean I mean you know everyone's different and I'm sure everyone has their different thing that kind of you know speaks to the core of their spirit and who they are and, and and fills them with something that keeps them uh uh moving towards either their goals or or their dreams or whatever but for me it was it was uh, uh literally at the end of every day taking time to think about the things that I'm thankful for that day and uh and and writing them down and I don't even know if it's the writing down that or if it's the just being a little mindful of it every day because I'm writing it down you know but just just taking a moment and uh and if I'm super busy and I don't have time just literally listing three things real quick you know uh and if I am having a horrible day where nothing seems right then there's always something I woke up that day you know I I ate that day you know I just find three things that's that that that's you know that's this thing I this practice that I you know kind of got into the habit of doing for myself and yeah. uh, and I think you know people don't have to do exactly that but people should find their thing so what sure. is the creative writing practice for you I'll be honest you know right now part of being in an acting class or teaching an acting class is being told constantly you need to be a writer you yeah need to be a producer. yeah yeah and I think they're right. I think it's incredibly important. I feel like you probably have a lot to say towards that, but actually getting people to go from, ooh, this is so important, to I have a daily practice. In fact, I think people being told all the time you need to do this almost makes yeah. the mountain seem bigger for a moment. For sure. So uh, how did you create one, or what is Well, yours? I don't have one. I don't have a daily one. I should, but I don't. But I definitely ha- get on uh, stretches where I do, and uh, uh, usually those stretches will end with something, you know. Is it you alone? I feel like the fantasy is uh, it's it's six a.m. and I already got up and I have my coffee. Yeah, yeah, it's quiet yeah. outside. And, uh, I've gone realistic? on I've gone on runs of that. You know, where like for like a good month or two, I would do that, and it just I just clicked into that, and then I'd finish a project or come close to finishing a project and either feeling good about it or just feeling so bad about the project that I just kind of put it aside and let it die. You know, um, I kind of, kind of everything I've kind of, you know, run the gamut of, uh, practices when it comes to writing, but, but it's hard. It's a discipline and all of the great writers I know, they do it every day. Every day. They do it every day, and I'm not one of those people. But um, but it is something that I'm trying to constantly do more and more. And um, um, But, you know, when I get on an idea or something that I f- feel strongly about, I'll, I'll definitely, just by nature, be on that every day. Sometimes obsessively, like I literally could sit in front of a computer like all day into the night just writing it because um, I'm so into it. But then... 
the tough part is when you're not into it, how do you stay on it? You know? Absolutely. Yeah. So this actually provides a really natural segue to me to talk about Always Be My Maybe, which yeah. is fantastic, by the way. Oh, Congratulations. I actually watched it again coming back on the airplane. I was oh. like, they murdered this. Oh. I mean, you said you wanted it to be When Harry Met Sally, and I feel yeah. like that vibe is there through and through. You two are remarkable in it. I feel like every supporting cast member just knocks it out of the park, yeah. which... I feel like is the secret kind of necessary thing for a comedy like that is every single person who comes in to kind of pinch it for that scene yeah. delivers in a very specific and important way. Yeah. Um, yeah. Can you tell me about writing that? Uh, what the um, process was? So that was a real unique experience. You know, basically, Allie and I are old friends. We always talked about writing a script together. We had talked about writing our version of When Harry Met Sally over the years, and we just never got around to it. We we did work on other things that kind of started and didn't really take off, you know. Um, uh, but we did talk about this feature that we wanted to do, and we never really got around to it. And then she did a, uh, had a profile of her uh, in the New Yorker where they asked her what she was doing next and she just kind of casually mentioned oh I don't know but there was there was this script that Randall and I this movie that Randall and I always wanted to make you know so did you get a text message after that saying we well, need to what, make this movie well, well yeah what happened was it got so that question that that answer made it into the profile which you know you never because they ask a ton of questions and uh, this was a, an extensive profile so that you know she probably didn't think that was going to make it in the article but it did make it in the article and then and then a bunch of uh, Vulture and and a bunch of other outlets kind of seized on that one section of the article and the aggregators uh, yeah and wrote basically a letter dear a letter to Hollywood please make this movie you know and, how does that uh, feel um it felt it felt I mean it felt like great but I you know I didn't I wasn't really thinking much about it to me it was really a testament to her you know and and her popularity and her uh I don't know I always just I just think of myself I'm just like a working actor you know that's how I think of myself so you don't have a lot of these like meta moments of it's really happening I think about my wedding yeah the moment that I saw my wife coming down the aisle yeah Holy well, first, holy cow! Look at her. Oh yeah. my god, this moment! And then I have the. This is my wedding. Yeah, yeah. Present for this moment. And I've wondered. Do, do you have that a lot, or is it still just? Um, it's just a Tuesday. I do have it. I do have it, but I didn't have it in that instance because. Uh, um, I don't know. It was kind of for me. It's like not. It's not. It, it, it's not real until I see her walking down the aisle you know what I mean like uh and and at that moment it was just a you know it was a blurb in in, in an article and uh, uh uh but then we started getting calls from different studios like asking for the script so when it comes to that I mean you're both really busy are you sending drafts back and forth is it treatments and notes is it eventually the two of you at a computer we we literally uh, well so once we realized there was a demand for this script that hadn't been written we you know because we knew there was a demand for it it made it so much easier to be disciplined about the writing of it Mm -hmm. because we knew people wanted to see the script and so we we literally met every week like in person and and worked on an outline together i just just kept working on the outline until we had a pretty detailed outline and then uh brought in another friend uh who went 
to the, who was in the same college theater company as us and is now a very successful uh, TV and movie writer. And, and uh, we, we brought him in to, to work with us. And, uh, um, and the three of us just met every week. And then we started to t- kind of work on different parts of the movie on our own and send it to each other and give each other notes and then meet again and do the same thing and then you know a couple weeks later meet again until we had a a first draft does it start uh just kind of pie in the sky what sounds fun or where would you want to put this or did someone kind of come with a bit more of a shape to it we came, Ali and I came up with the shape, initial shape to it. Yeah, it was just, uh, I mean, it was just starting with the idea in which was we wanted to do a rom-com and we wanted to do our version of When Harry Met Sally, you know, two people, friends, uh, getting Their together. lives. Yeah, yeah, and we thought it would be better, you know, instead of having a, that traditional rom-com where there's like kind of this meet-cute type of situation, we thought, oh, it might be more interesting if they were like childhood friends and... Mm-hmm. and uh, um, and uh, we just kind of, as we were writing, just trying to figure out, well, what feels new to us? You know, what feels different? What do we not like about the traditional rom-com? What do we like about the traditional, you know, what are the touchstones we want that are important for us to keep, you know? And and and, uh, um, and what are the touchstones that we want to keep, but do it in a different way, you know? How uh, intentional uh, was how autobiographical it is? I feel like there's a fair amount for both of you. Was that something you knew from the beginning or was that? Did that no, you know, it just naturally, itself? yeah, it just naturally made its way into the, uh, you know, I mean, in the original script for, I mean, up until we got well into multiple drafts, the, the characters were just our names in the script, you know, so, so we were pretty much writing versions of ourselves so uh so the um the the real life stories just felt it they just felt natural to kind of plug in there whenever appropriate that makes sense yeah what's it like casting a younger version of yourself how much did you have to do with it and i feel like that would be deeply vulnerable (laughs) because the true version of me as a kid is not necessarily the one i'd want everyone to know which might be better for a comedy yeah i mean we we you know we were we producers on the movie so we we were involved in every every part of the process and uh which was great and such a great learning experience and maybe want to want to keep doing it because that's where like uh i don't know it's it's just very fun it's even more storytelling yeah yeah and making those choices those choice, you know, having a, a, you know, it was a there, we had a, a a a handful of producers and and then our executives at Netflix and you know it's it's making movies is always a team effort. Any project should be a team effort. You know, it's the most collaborative medium. Yeah, except for maybe an orchestra. Yeah, yeah. So uh, so in that regards, it was you know it was great and 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 casting ourselves was. Uh, it was funny just see you know see a bunch of kids and and really it's like you're not thinking oh who was the most like me when I was a kid you're you're thinking who's the best for this story that we wrote you know did you know instantly or was it uh, more of a we knew pretty instantly we knew pretty instantly that's what they say about casting right like you you kind of know as soon as you see it and uh, uh, and that's something I never fully got the gra- had the, had a grasp of when I you know as an actor you know because it's that side of the process is so just shrouded in mystery you know yeah but but really it's like uh, you you kind of know you kind of know I feel like that hits something we try to talk about constantly but it's really hard to communicate which is you getting it right 
isn't the answer. It's it's you being right. Yeah, well, it's really you being you, yeah. right? And and that sometimes is what they're looking for. Yeah, and that's but that's a hard thing for you to go into an audition and be you because most often it, at least for me it's like me trying to be a character or me trying to be what I think they want me try you know but really like if you want to be unique you bring as much of you as you can into that room and then it's a complete crapshoot like because you might not be right for the part but if you are right for the part then you'll it's the only way you're going to stand actually get out it. yeah yeah i mean there's there's is amount of craft involved obviously and and there is amount of, an amount of you know bringing that character to who you are but um but ultimately it's like i mean you know confidence and 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 being yourself and presenting yourself that's like key so like this kid who came in it was like this kid was so unique so confident it's, there's a, such a sweet vulnerability to yeah him that yeah just, just radiates but so of ch- but he's he was so charming mm-hmm. so and and, and and normally he this kid wears these glasses and the glasses kind of made him even more interesting At- but we didn't need those glasses for the movie you know so but but that was who he was. So he he didn't come into the audition without the glasses because he knew he you know he came in as himself and That's it was like remarkable. He popped and uh, uh, yeah, and he was great. And we saw other kids who were great too, but this kid was the right one. I think you know I heard you say that you sometimes you know do I need to be this character? What do I have to put on? Something that feels integral to you and your style is it always does seem grounded and effortless Mm -hmm. it does not seem like you are pushing towards something and what i was curious about is that just you did you have to learn that were you so often people who have a background in sketch improv who are doing funny stuff Mm -hmm. the biggest thing to get them to stop doing is stop hunting for that joke Mm -hmm. or kind of slightly cheating it out you know Mm -hmm. metaphorically speaking did you have to was there some piece that you really feel like you had to get better at to get to where you are right now Mm, I think that yeah I think it was a lot of that in terms of like trying in terms of coming into the room wanting the job so bad that I wasn't like bringing myself to the table that like I mean that happened all the time you know and I think um it's funny that you say that because I look back at like my career and all I see is like the big characters, you know, you know, people who are so far from who I am, you know, whether they be like the the dad I play in Fresh Off the Boat. This guy is like such a positive, like energetic kind of force, you know, whereas I'm just kind of a low key, you know, like um, it's true. The thing that feels consistent is a groundedness. Yes. It yes. feel yes. like any of these people are reaching. Sure. Sure. For something sure. Pushing at something. Yeah. I mean, but I think to get there, I did a lot of reaching, you know, and a lot of failing and and uh, uh, and. And I think having done it now for so long, I've, you kind of just learn over time what, and you, it becomes instinct that like, you know, I just can't push it and f- be, be real at the same time, you know, like I have to kind of, uh, I, I, I can only do it in a grounded way. Like that's the only way I can do it. There's other people who can do it all sorts of ways, but that's not me, you know. I feel like I've had to come to some of the same type of realizations of just accepting yeah. that this other way 
isn't going to help me. Yeah, yeah. At some point, you're like, okay, I guess I got to break up with that. Yeah. Like, it feels safe. Yeah. For some reason. Yeah. I want to ask you, um, what is the difference, if any, that you feel in your day to day about being the lead of a TV show versus a movie? Um. Well, I mean, it's a unique situation because in the movie, and always be my maybe, it was something that I, you know, wrote co-wrote and uh produced and uh and the stories were like a lot of it was kind of taken from my life so that so it's a very different type of lead lead role you know um um so in that regards it was a lot more personal and um uh in, in some ways more fun you know more fulfilling uh, to play that character telling your story yeah telling my story I mean that's the closest thing to me that I've ever played you know um, but with that said it is really fun to to be on a TV show where you can play someone who is different from who you are and who is uh, who makes you who brings out sides of you that are uh, especially with the character of Lewis you know like he's such a loving positive Unlike you. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, he he's brought that out of me even more, though, you know, like, and I feel it's like... changed you. Yeah, I feel like playing him has actually made me, like, a lot more positive and a lot more, like, uh, uh, I don't know, just a lot more uh, connected, you know? And I think my natural tendency is to to be a little bit more reclusive and to be a little more private. Whereas like when, when I'm playing him, I actually like carry that with me in real life. And I think that's a, a great blessing of being yeah, able to play character. character rubbing off on you, not just the other yeah. way around. That's, yeah, exactly. It goes both ways. It's fulfilling that way. Yeah. Uh, that's lovely. Um, can I reveal who is also in the movie with yes, you, the big yeah. cameo? Yes, yes, of course. Uh, it's more than a cameo. Uh, yeah. How do you get Keanu Reeves in your movie? How does that happen? That ha- that I don't know. That to me, I look back and I'm just like, gosh, that was just fate, you know. I'm imagining that it's like trying to get Bill Murray. That there's got to be like a voicemail box that you yeah. leave, and then someone shows up like in a fireplace, like a ghost. And tells I mean, you, the you know, you write it into you write it into your script as an ideal thing, and uh, you hope the script is good. And uh, we had no connection, previous connection to him. We I, we knew people who had worked with him, and uh, you know I had a friend. I have a friend who was a producer who had worked with him, and I you know we you know I'd be like, hey, could you just? And he'd be like, if I could help in any way, and I'd be like, just let him know that we're like, you know, we're good. We're, we're not like, yeah, yeah. we're uh, uh, um. But you still don't expect it to happen. And I mean, literally, you just send, we sent him the script. He read it. He totally got it. He uh, had some suggestions. We came, went back, wrote in those suggestions, and incorporated them into the script and uh, sent it back to him. And he was like, let's do it. And uh, yeah, I can't believe it. It's. When he shows up in that movie, it just feels like the bottom drops out for a second, yeah. and you just—I don't know what's possible at this point. Yeah, yeah, I can't, I can't, I, I, I can't believe it. I still can't believe it. Do you have any Keanu stories that you can share? Just any moment on set or something? This is this is Keanu Reeves. Mm, not really. I mean, the thing is, we shot with Keanu the last four days of production for our movie, and all four days of production were like night shoots. So we shot overnight because we were, 
we were shooting at uh, the Fairmont Hotel, but then we were also shooting in this museum that became this uh, fancy restaurant, you know, in, in the movie. And, and the museum had to be open during the day. So we only could shoot it overnight. And because of that, that threw off our, our other two nights at the hotel. So every night, every shoot was a night shoot. And um, um, he just came in and, you know, you never know what to expect from these like iconic you know, superstars, they could be like horrible people. And, you know, you wouldn't be surprised if they were horrible people who would, the last thing they'd want is to come on this, uh, a Netflix movie and have to be up all night, you know? Um, but he never complained. He never, you know, he never forgot lines. He, he never, he was so professional. So it all matches the myth that you always hear that he's you know, saving people from lakes yeah. and and just yeah. Superman, I mean, he is yeah. I mean, he was he was just a, a, a you 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 feel it you know because I've met some people who I like really looked up to and then found out they weren't very nice people or they were divas or they you know uh, but then you when you meet someone like him you you learn that oh yeah you know what. If you want to succeed in this business, be professional. You know, that's it. Be good at what you do. Be prepared. Be professional. Be kind. It's all those things that, you know, that you learn growing up as a kid. And, and it makes you feel like, oh, gosh, there's some like uh, there's something to this. Yeah. Those lessons do tend to just keep paying off. Yeah. Yeah. In real life, they do. But then, you you know, every now and then you see these people who are like how are they successful? They're like such dicks, you know? Here's a question, last one about the script and the writing of it. What was the biggest problem you ran into? With the script? Yeah, uh, or even the making of it. I'll take any of it. What was the moment where you just feel like you're banging your head against the wall and then something clicks? Or did the whole thing kind of just one domino at a time? Yeah, you know, I think this movie was very unusual. You know, I mean, there were definitely, uh, there were always issues and and little problems you know that come with the creative process and 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 little blockages that you kind of just work your way through um and that we'd had to do together but we never once were at each other's throats we never once were you know uh in a place where there wasn't some sort of agreement you know there's never a story beat that you just couldn't quite there were story out. beats that yeah there were certainly story beats that we were having problems with and we you know it helped that we were number one old friends we brought in our friend Mike Alamco who was an old friend we the movie was directed by Nanachka Khan who is a, a, a friend for a while now you and know we work with yeah we've worked basis. with yeah and these were all people that we respected and trusted and uh and and we knew that we were in good hands with each other and also that we all wanted to make this movie great so so whenever there was like a uh something that maybe would have been a a a a a, a kind of a greater obstacle for others like for us it was i don't know it didn't feel that hard because one of us would come up with a solution one of us or or you know one of us would inspire the other one to come up with the solution we'd always find a way and uh and uh it was never it was never that hard and that's like the crazy thing it's from the beginning when that when that blurb came out about the the profile you know it it's just it, like all kind of just 
came together. Was know? it always a Netflix movie? Did you have to pitch it to them? Uh, we had a script. We we yeah. wrote the script on spec. Mm-hmm. On spec, yeah. And uh, which is something that a lot of people aren't willing to do because you're not getting paid to write a script and there's nothing harder than writing a feature script. Yeah. So, uh, but we did it. And, um, and because of that, we, yeah, we just brought the script to Netflix and they, they bought it. Well, that's, that's fantastic. But again, there was a demand for it that we, and we knew of the demand. So it was kind of like, Hey Netflix, do you want this script? Cause if you don't take it, the whole town wants the script. Yeah. Somebody and, else is going to get Yeah. This. Yeah. And, uh, and, and thankfully the script was good enough for them to, to, you know, and and then we did rewriting once they acquired it and and got it to a place where you know we were ready to shoot it. Wonderful. Okay, I want to segue um, to fresh off the boat for a minute. Yeah. What's it like becoming the top of the call sheet? What is that? Um, how does that change a day to day for you? Do you feel a different kind of responsibility? Does that change over the course of what is it? We're going to we're going to six season. Sixth yeah. season right yeah. now. Um, you know, you hear these stories of Brian Cranston, you know, writing letters to the entire Breaking Bad team, yeah. you know, trying to rally the troops like Henry V. And yeah. I, I just wonder, does that change the calculus at all? Not, not for me, really. Not for me. I mean, I don't, um, I don't really see it as any different as being like l- lower, quote unquote, on the call sheet. You know, I just that's the job yeah it's just the job and I don't think of myself as a leader necessarily I do think that my attitude and the way I carry myself on set and the way I treat people that's uh, important and that rubs off on other people but I don't think it's because I'm number one on the call sheet I think that's just you know no matter where you're you are that's what you should do you know so I don't really it's the same be respectful be prepared yeah yeah that's it that's it and uh so I don't and I don't I honestly don't even think about that like uh, my position on the call sheet and and what that means you know I feel like it's an ensemble show and we're all uh you know working to to you know get these writers vision on the screen and, and Nanachka Khan's vision on the screen and Eddie Huang's book, uh, um, story, uh, told on the screen, you know? So like, I don't know. I, I, I don't, I, I don't, I've never felt the need to, you know, to rally the troops because I just, I just never thought of myself that way. That's, yeah. I'm curious. Uh, how do you go about creating I mean you've kids on the show. Yeah. How do you create those relationships? I feel like that would feel important and delicate. Yeah. You're going to spend years with them. You need to be able to play their dad. Yeah. How do you create that with them? Do you remember some of the early interactions or was there any intention? Not really, to be honest with you. I mean, those kids are great. Those kids are great. They have great families. The kids are super professional. You know, when they first started, they were newer mm-hmm. and uh, some more than others. Mm-hmm. And they maybe need a little more guidance. Uh, but I never felt like I never felt the need to like pull them aside and be like, hey, this is how it goes. Okay. I felt like the best way I could uh, the best way I could show them is by just showing by example and also just, you know, being 
super kind to them and having fun with them and letting them know it's okay. It's not that big a deal, you know? And, and, uh, um, so there's no like taking them to a Dodger game to like bond on your off time or not really. I mean, I mean, yeah, I've definitely done things with them, uh, outside of the show. Um, but, um, but it wasn't like, uh, it wasn't with the intention of, uh, I have to bond with these kids, you know, just to make the, 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 the show more authentic, you know, mm-hmm. it was, it was always more just like Hudson likes to go fishing and I, and he told me he, he wants to teach me to fish. So I was like, let's do it. Hey, let's do it. You know, like, yeah. uh, and, uh, um, I mean, really it's more in a weird way. I just see them as like friends, you know, than, than kids. I like all this. There's, Maybe these aren't magic answers, quote unquote, yeah. but there is something to me beautifully pragmatic and blue collar about the whole thing. You show up to me. You I do mean, a good for job, me, yeah. You try to take care of everyone around you. you yeah, we're kind of regardless of those answers. Actually, kind of fill me with a lot of happiness and hope yeah. because otherwise it seems like this magic trick where at some point you have to become Tom Cruise who's going to jump out of a plane a hundred times to show that right, so in right, right. Yeah, I mean, uh, there there is that. Too, and there are those that do do kind of more, but um, I don't know. I'm just I'm, I'm too lazy. <laughs> so I can guess the answer to this, but I'm curious. Do you have any advice to an actor doing one day, one week on your show? I mean, yeah. I've, we, we've done these jobs. It's scary at first. Yeah, that's the hardest thing. Have a lot of credits. You don't know what the machinery of the show is. You constantly feel like you're somehow uh, a cog out of place. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Lead to not doing your best work, which can lead to not feeling totally authentic with yeah. the partner. So do you have any ideas on uh, what tends to work well or... Uh, I, I think, you know, I don't... I think it's different for every show. It's different, mm-hmm. you know, because every show is different. Uh, um, but I do think the one through line, it, and it connects that actor straight to Keanu Reeves. It's like, just come in prepared and... Uh, and do the work and have fun, you know, and, um, and don't put too much pressure on yourself. It's, it's fine. You know, it's just a show. And if you got the part, you're going to get the credit and, uh, and regardless of how you do, you know, so don't put too much pressure on yourself. Just, just do it, you know? And if you're by nature, a more talkative person who wants to become friends with people, Mm -hmm. that's fine. If that's who you are, and if people, if you get the sense that these people don't want to be friends with you, then get that sense and, you know. So it seems like actually just being flexible. Yeah, yeah. Being able to just not take anything too personally, run with whatever kind of environment's there and honor what feels honest to you. Yeah, you know, I, 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 I like, I don't know, because I've been through that where mm-hmm. I do one line co-stars or you know one day guest stars or one week guest stars you know I've been through that and uh and I definitely made mistakes over time you know where where maybe I was too eager or maybe I wasn't prepared enough or you know and I I don't I look back now and learned from I realize I learned from those experiences and uh I think that sometimes you, you gotta you gotta just do that. You know, you gotta you gotta kind of as long as you come in and you're yourself and you you know, and you, you're prepared. That that's really to me the only things that, that matter. 
So let's talk about the preparation a little bit. Yeah. Um, would you say that there is a, uh, a regular beginning process or at this point does it feel almost like the matrix just a little subconscious by reading it a lot of those things kind of take care of themselves um it depends on the the, the part and okay. the, you know because I, I i still do one day things like yeah. especially if like i if i know the person they ask me can you come on for a day and do this one scene? I'll do that. All, you know, if it seems like a fun day. Why not? Yeah, yeah. I'll never be. I'll, I'll, I, you know, because some actors, if they're like a regular on a show or if they're in a movie, you know, they'll they'll stop doing those. But for me, it's like, well, I want to work with my friends. So I'm going to do. You know, like uh, I just want to have fun. That's all I want. You know. Um, so, it, but it depends. Like those types of roles, it depends on the the role. If it's if it's more kind of and and it's more of an instinctual thing for me like i'll know when i have to kind of prepare a little more okay i'll know when i have to you know when i won't have to don't have to prepare too much but i always know the lines uh how does did you ever have to push back on your team with that were they ever saying it's one line randall <laughs> uh no no they don't they don't they're always they don't they don't yeah, they get you. They understand what I you think like. So. Understand what matters to you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, th- I, there are things where they'll probably, you know, I, I usually like if they're like, "This isn't the move." I'll, I'll, I'll probably have had already agreed with them that it's not the move, you know. Um, um, but if 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 a friend is involved, or if somebody who I love. Mm-hmm who I'm a fan of is involved and this is just a way to work with them. I'll, I'll, I'll do it. You know, I'll do a couple lines in their movie just to, to work with them and to meet them. You know, um, I'm not, but that's not beneath me or no. Yeah. When you said you might prepare a little more. Yeah. What is that? Uh, I'm, I'm look, it's different for every job. I, yeah. I get that. But does that mean you spend longer, figuring out how to land the joke is it uh more work on like who really is this guy different from me is it trying to figure out kind of uh yeah usually if it's like if if i feel like that i if i feel like it, it's harder to bring myself to that character you know then i'll have to figure out ways to identify more with the character you know that are deep within me but i haven't maybe maybe i didn't have access immediate access to you know just so that again i'm i don't go on set um trying to be something but i could be a version of myself you know because then i'm like I'm more comfortable and it's actually easier, you know, to act. And so some facet of you that's true. Yeah. That maybe we're leading with this today or turning up the volume. Yes, exactly. And sometimes that takes work. Is that something you do alone in our little treehouse here? Yeah. Where we are? Is that with a coach? Is that with friends? Both. Yeah. Kind of whatever it needs to whatever be. Whatever it needs to be. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I used to have a system where like, yeah, I would always go to, I would always coach with somebody I would you know and then I after coaching with somebody I would try to do it in a room with at least like a handful of people watching you know just to make sure I'm comfortable with uh with those eyes on you yeah yeah that is a piece that I feel like is not taught enough which is we tell people how to prepare a scene and 
what to do when you're coaching and what a good coaching session will do for you. Yeah. But one of the biggest things I found for myself, and I'm telling people a lot lately, is take the audition on the road like a show. The yeah. audition should be like the 30th show that you've done. It's the a great idea. are already great. in. Yeah. And like make it people all different audiences people so, you're nervous for their approval people you don't give a shit for their approval people who never like it enough and will already give you six more notes totally that's a great that's great that's great advice because ultimately you don't want I assume if, if you're thinking of anyone outside of the the character that your character is interacting with then then you're 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 out of the scene right so like and 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 the only way to kind of really be in the moment is to to just be yourself right or a version of yourself you know and and uh that's that's hard to do when you're seeking approval of you know that person or that person or you know and um so it's just sort of yeah put it on take it on the road constantly work on it you know and whether it's an audition or a part that you that fell into your lap or something you know uh to me that's yeah that that's key especially if like you don't feel connected to the character yeah yeah so one area of this whole business that I think is really always mysterious to people is camera acting as a concept versus yeah. acting writ large. Yeah. Do you feel like you have any, if, if you could give one tip or a trick or something that you've, a piece of technique you feel like you learned along the way about the camera and acting with that specifically, is there anything that comes to mind? Mm. I mean, I think over time there is like a there there is a skill where you are you can be in the moment and still be conscious of the camera. You know, Uh, you can you can be in the moment interacting with your scene partner and still play to camera without being taken away from your scene partner. You know. Yeah, there um, is the skill to the subtle, the the, not the physical cheat towards camera. Not but, a physical cheat to a, camera necessarily, but, but it's a performance. Yeah, cheat it's a performance. Yeah, and it's because just anything they don't catch. It's not there. Yeah, yeah, and just knowing when to. I mean, it's performance. It is, you know, and it's just kind of knowing where in the line to 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 make sure you're seen, you know. But still be in connected to the person, you know. Can you be authentically connected to the person while remembering your job is to be seen? Yeah, so can you yeah. Make sure this honest private moment is witnessed. Yeah, yeah. You know, and 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 I, I've you know I I and I I definitely seen myself in in playback in challenging scenes sometimes you know the nerves will find their way to to express itself mm-hmm. and sometimes like let's say if i don't feel confident in my performance i will notice in playback i'm blinking a little more than usual is you know? the fix to quote unquote not blink or is it to recognize that there's something amiss yes because that's yeah, always what I, I feel so. like is the trick. For years, yeah. I thought it was, oh, they don't like that I'm doing this thing. Or, yeah. More likely, I don't like that I'm yeah. doing this thing, let's be honest. And then you try to stop and you're gone. Yeah. You yeah. Shut it off whatever's happening. Yeah. But, but, you know, it's, it's also a it's pretty practical thing. Like, if you see yourself blinking in playback, like, just 
don't blink in the next take you know that's the michael Caine effects right (laughs) don't blink yeah secret acting yeah i mean even if you're not in it I just, you know, that's the thing. I've done scenes where I know I did not give a single good take, but then I'll watch it like in the final cut and I'll be like, oh my gosh, that was like one of my better scenes, you know, like even though I know I wasn't even really that in it, you know, it's just because they... You know, it it it's it shaped. It's shaped. Well, there's you so know. many people who are supporting you to make sure that works. Totally, Their own little Richter scale from within. Yeah, yeah, is, is useful. I think almost only to you. Yeah, but that's why it's like don't beat yourself over that you know head if you feel like you, you're not nailing it because if the director says moving on, you know. And if you trust the director, and the, if the director is not like giving you the evil eye, that means. The director probably got what she wants, you know. I like that. Yeah. Absolutely. I still remember I I recently directed a short film and one of the actresses in it kept on saying, I don't like blinking. I read that in the Michael Caine book. I'm not going to do it. And I thought, well, she's good and wacky actresses or whatever. And then I was watching in in the editing room. She's easier to cut. Yeah, yeah. And every thought she has is much clearer. It doesn't look like she's trying to stare at people. Yeah. But I'll tell you, there's a lot of truth to it because all yeah, the for thoughts sure. are behind it's, the eyes. It's behind the eyes. Yeah, for sure. Um, can I ask you about the interview? Yeah. Um, what was it like living your life during that craziness? Can you just give us a window into that? And has it fully subsided? Uh, it's fully subsided for sure. Okay. Um, but it was... A mix of things because uh, it was uh, my first kind of lead role in a movie, you know, where I was like on a poster, you know, and um, and it was a a big deal for me. And I knew it was a provocative kind of thing to, you know, be entering into. But I, I, I had no idea that that would be the outcome you know we all thought we had a great comedy you know on our hands and and the movie was uh screened to test audiences it was testing really well and a lot of people involved with the movie were telling me like how great i was in it and it really like i thought this was going to change my life like and before the interview i was working steadily but i was definitely like just getting by you know i wasn't like i i wasn't like uh um in no way where near where i wanted to be as an actor i was just you know i was doing a lot of commercials i was uh um i was doing great and 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 probably and kind of living my dream but i wanted so much more and i felt like this the interview was gonna like take me to that next level so how do you prepare to play kim jong-un I, just, I I like I mean I like worked so hard on that that is character. It basing it off of tape. Obviously, the entire piece is based on him, but it's a yeah. version of him. Yeah, How I mean, we... he was so he is so mysterious to this day. You know, like we don't see any footage of him except for what's released on in North Korean like media. You know, like I mean, there's very little of him that we know of in terms of his personality, in terms of his likes, dislikes, you know, so I got to shape a lot Mm -hmm. and it would, and that would have been fine because no one is like saying, Hey, that's not 
authentic to who he is. You know, people don't know. Yeah. So I got to really shape a lot. But I did like do a lot of research on him. And was the basketball a choice? Was that already in the script? Something that was in a script, but he, it, it's also... Casual missing. <laughs> so, so brilliant to me. I mean, that that was in the script. But, it, but I knew just from the tons of research I did on him that this what And it really was a connector for me to him. Like, this is a guy who was obsessed with basketball, obsessed with, like, American movies... Obs- you know, obsessed with, uh, uh, um, you know, and he'd be sitting in the classroom drawing pictures of Michael Jordan. You know, I mean, like this is Remarkable. like this is who I was as a kid. You know, like so. Except for he claims to hate us and throw <laughs> that in there. Yeah, yeah, but he claims to hate us for you know uh, a very good reason. You know, he was born into this. Yeah. Um into this uh, really? worldview yeah. this worldview so uh, so I, you know I, I took all these things that I could identify I mean I did a lot of work on that character and, and because of that when it you know when, when we were shooting it I was just so in it I was in the pocket you know I felt like this is what acting is this were is, you like Daniel Day Lewis fun. waking up as Kim Jong Un every day no I wasn't like that that is a sketch though yeah I was not that, but I was like, it was a thrill because, because I feel like up until that point, as much as I loved acting outside of like doing like stuff with the theater group I was in and, and stuff, you know, uh, that I had written on my own. This was like the most I could really dig into a part. You get the, you get an accent, you get a body change. Yeah. 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 How much of that is, uh, stuffing and makeup and how much, I mean, I gained as much, you know, I had a, the original plan was to put prosthetics on me and like a couple weeks before my first, uh, day on set, they nixed it. So I had like a couple weeks to like gain as much weight as possible. Is that fun? It was so fun. (laughs) Uh, um, it was so fun and, and, uh, but yeah, yeah, it was great. It was just a great experience. And I I, watch him with Trump, like walking into walking across the DMZ. Do you, do you find yourself filling in the thoughts in his head? Do you, or is it? No, no, there's no connection anymore. More like you, uh, like hypothesize. Are you endlessly curious or is it kind of that chapter is a little past? Um, I mean, I, I'm still curious about it and I, uh, I think that he is, uh, you know, he knows, he, he's a lot more aware of the dynamic and the situation than Trump is, I think, you know, mm-hmm. I think he's, he's a lot more in control yeah. and, um, um, yeah, it's, it's real, it's, it's, it's scary stuff. It's yeah. scary stuff. But, uh, but, um, yeah, yeah. I think I'll always be fascinated by it. Um, I know we're running out of time, so I just want to kind of hit yeah. you with a couple quick questions. Yeah. What do you feel like uh, was the biggest thing you had to learn in your career? Like, was there one or two biggest lessons that you're like, I wasn't going to get to the next place? Yeah. Until I. That's a great question. Internalize this. Um, I think. Uh, I think the. I think the main thing, and it connects to that journal. I think it is like. It is, and it sounds so corny, but it is gratitude and and being thankful for every. Uh, every uh, um, gift that comes with pursuing this uh, uh, career. And I don't think the gift is always in the jobs that you book. You know, that's the, 
I guess that's what you're kind of trained to think. But I think there are so many kind of great gifts that come with just pursuing this, you know, where lessons about yourself and, and, um, and yeah, yeah. The, 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 how you, how you deal with rejection because that's real, you know, and that's something that, that I was told before I even pursued it. Like there's just so much rejection, you know, and I, I wasn't prepared for the amount of rejection. I just wasn't prepared for it. And I think over time it really teaches you how to deal with it. If you're, if you're thoughtful and if you, you know, and if you, if you kind of take that rejection and, and, and understand that it's a part of this career. And, and so, so because of that, you have to deal with it a certain, you know, you have to find a way to deal with it and to be thankful for that growth, you know, and the, be uh, grateful for the rejection. Yeah. Yeah. And literally like, find a way to interpret those losses as either lessons or in a weird way as victories, you know, and collect them. Well, if you do learn something from it, there's a victory. And if you don't, then it's just a complete wash. Yeah. 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 And sometimes complete washes are okay. You know, it's a good perspective. Yeah. Um, when you make career decisions, I, do you think about being a trailblazer? No, no, not, not, I don't. Um, any advice for an actor listening to this right now on their way up? They might be just starting out. They might already have a few recurrings under their belt. Do you feel like gratitude, I'm sure, is going to yeah. be part of it? But is yeah. there any other just uh, if someone needs something whispered in their ear kind of right now? Um, Gosh, it's tough to give advice because like because you're supposed to kind of mess up, you know, you're supposed to like um, make, I mean, for me. It was like there were times where I was very impatient and I think that that impatience led to me being real sad a lot, you know, and feeling that I needed, I needed to get there sooner than later, you know, and, um, and so is the advice it's okay to mess up and in fact do yeah yeah not actively don't fuck it up but yeah yeah put yourself out there enough where you're able to mess up yeah too safe if you're the bubble boy the whole time for sure for sure and also like collect those those failures you know like collect them and and uh, and also make sure you're collecting those victories with them you know and maybe the failures will there'll be a lot more losses and rejections and failures but uh but every now and then you'll get a victory and whether that be a booking or whether that be a great day in class, a great scene or, a, um, or a movie that inspired you, you know, whatever it may be like collect those two. And, and, uh, it's funny, not much gets more of a collective eye roll in class than when you tell people like, give me a win. Yeah. Tell me that that pin that you just got that didn't turn into a job, look me in the eye and tell me that's a win. And that is, I think, one of the hardest lessons to really get across. We didn't talk about content creation at all, and we obviously don't have time to really get into it. But to me, that's really related to what you're saying of fail, try, get yourself seen. Yeah, yeah. Is that, just on a scale of one to ten, how important was making your own stuff to your career? super important to this day yes i mean like i feel like the movie no one was gonna put me as a lead in a rom-com you know no one was gonna put me as a lead in a movie like that you know where i get to play someone 
a lot like myself, you know, no one was looking at, no one was looking for me for to do that, you know? So to, to write that, I mean, I think it, it, uh, I mean, I don't know, it's still early, but I think that whether it helps me or not career wise, it definitely was great for my like soul, you know? And, uh, and I think that all the stuff that I made coming up was, uh, you know, none of it was super successful or like, super viral the web stuff I did but it was real good for my soul for sure that's remarkably important yeah um okay well then uh my very last question is who is the Bay Area connection to always be my maybe because I want to know who's going to talk Warriors basketball with me (laughs) that's uh well that's that's Allie Allie's from the Bay uh I was born yeah I was born and raised in LA I I really know nothing about sports so I have nothing so you don't even care that you got Anthony Davis uh I heard about that and uh, I think that's great um I know we have LeBron, right? You do. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So. Breaking news. LeBron is still here. <laughs> um, uh, I mean, I'm, you know, I, I love my city. That's for sure. So in that regards, I'm like thrilled for all that stuff. But I really know nothing about sports. <laughs> cool. Well, very last question. Yeah. Um, either something that you love that you think uh, doesn't get enough love, a movie, something that really inspires you, or just something you've seen recently that you recommend? Um... Well, I just started watching Fleabag. It's incredible. It's so good. Oh, my Lord. And that's someone, that's, she made that show, right? Phoebe Waller-Bridge, yeah. I think based on stand-up. It's uh, it's just it's another a testament to, I mean, because that, you watch that, it's so her. Through and through. Through well, and through. I her, but I, it would, I would be so shocked to my core if it was not her. Yeah, I mean... You could cut this out if we're wrong about it, but the assumption is that she created she it, and she—it's she, her, she and it's it. her voice, and it's uh, uh, um, and I, and I'm so sure of it without having read too much about the show. Just people kept telling me to watch it, so I, I, I started watching it. But it's like a, a no one else, no one would have written that for her. No, you know, she no, she wouldn't have ever the the chance to audition for that part. You know, she had to make it. And uh, and here it, it it is this perfect vehicle for her because she made it, you know, which yeah. is I think a great uh, recurring theme in in my life that I have to keep reminding myself so that I could keep making stuff. Anything to plug real quick along with Always Be My Maybe on Netflix streaming right now? Please watch. Um, Fresh off the boat comes back for another season. And well, thank you so much. And uh, we'll do this again some other friend. Thank you so much to Randall. Thank you to presenting sponsor John Rosenfeld Studios. And thank you to you for listening. Uh, If you haven't already, please tell a friend, give us a shout out on social media, and give us a review on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you're listening. Now that we're like 9 or 10 in, I'd love to get some feedback. So if anybody uh, has anything they really loved or anyone they really want to hear from, please email the podcast at industrytownpodcast at gmail.com. That is it for this week, just the one. But we'll be back next week with some new episodes. Until then, 